Amen. This is also Memorial Day weekend. And so we want to take a moment to to honor those who paid the ultimate price for our freedom. Could you please watch this video? To the brave men and women who stood up for freedom, who answered the call and fought for our nation, who paid the ultimate price and never came back. To the American soldier, we thank you. To the mothers and fathers who raised a hero. To the brothers and sisters with an empty space. To the sons and daughters who have only memories. To the wives and husbands who bear the void with pride. To all who've lost a soldier they love. No gift could repay your sacrifice. No tribute could match our admiration. No word can contain our gratitude. But still, it deserves to be said. We remember you. We salute you. And we honor you today. say thank you to all of those who have served and did not come back. And we say thank you to the families um, who have sent and never seen them come back. And so I just want to pray over those families right now um, a blessing. Um, Lord, we just lift up families and friends who sent men and women to serve this country, Lord, and then never saw them come back, Lord. Lord, we just pray that you would be with their hearts right now that you would be with their minds, Lord, that you would bring comfort, you would bring peace. Lord, the grief never goes away, Lord, but we pray that you would bring in joy and you would bring in peace, Lord. We pray that you would bless these families, that your comforting hand would be on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, good morning. How are you, church? Doing good? All right. Well, um, I am Ashley Bergeron. I am the children's director here. And so normally you don't see me up here preaching because um, I'm either upstairs or managing upstairs. Um, but uh, I do get to preach to kids and to youth quite a bit. So I thought, you know, why not preach to everybody? So, all right. So um, I am a little bit of a storyteller. So I'm going to tell you a story from the Bible, okay? We're going to read this story together this morning, and we're going to see what it says, okay? You guys ready for a story? Okay, good. I love telling stories. Do you like listening to stories? Okay, good. I don't know what I was going to say if you said no, but good. Okay. (laughs) 
All right. Well, so you guys have been, you as adults, have been studying the book of Acts over, I don't know, how long has it been now? A couple of years? A while? A long time? A couple months? I don't know. And I can't remember when we started. But, we, but we've been studying the book of Acts, right? We're almost towards the end. Um, well, this last month, this month of May, our kids have also been studying the book of Acts upstairs. So it's been really cool to see how the kids are learning things that maybe we just learned a few weeks before them and seeing the parallels and seeing the things that they're learning. So one of the things that I've noticed as the kids were studying Acts as, and as we've studied Acts is that there is, there's many themes obviously, but there is a general theme that I see going through the book of Acts. And it's that God's people were empowered by the Holy Spirit and then sent out, right? They were sent out to the ends of the earth. They were sent to reach every nation, every race, every gender, every age, every person oppressed by the enemy, every social status, to anyone willing to listen to God's word and to anyone with closed ears and a hard heart. God's word is for everyone and the Holy Spirit is for everyone, right? Would you guys agree with me? Okay, good. That's what we've been learning, right? Okay, so, but through that this month, the kids have also been memorizing a verse, Okay, so they've been memorizing a verse that talks about sending out and going, okay? And I was going to have them recite it for you this morning, but there's only a couple kids here that actually know the memory verse, so we're going to change a little bit. I'm going to have you guys memorize the memory verse with us. So if everyone would please stand to your feet, if you're able, stand to your feet. And we're going to do something here. If you could put up the memory verse there. Okay, so this says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay, we've got three sections here. And you guys, you guys are going to have to be a loud section because you're a small section. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay, I'm going to have you guys in this section right here. You're going to say, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Okay, so you guys are going to say that. Then this section right here, you guys are going to say, And who will go for us? And then you guys are going to say, here I am, send me. And you got to be really loud, okay? Okay, are you ready? Let's try this. Here we go. Okay, right over here. Are you guys ready? One, two, three. And this one right here. Who will go for us? Oh, that was perfect. Okay, all right. We're going to try it one more time. We're going to be really loud so that the churches in all of Edgewood and Milton can hear us this morning. Are you ready? Here we go. Oh, my goodness. That was amazing. All right. Go ahead and have a seat, you guys. Okay, so that's just a little bit, a little taste of what we do upstairs with the kids. We do a lot more fun stuff, um, but I just gave you guys a little taste. Okay, so that's what we've been learning. That's our memory verse for the whole month as we've been working through Acts. We've been learning stories of people being sent by God. So I opened my Bible. I went to Isaiah 6 and I said, okay, well, what's the full story here? Because I like to tell stories. I want to know what this verse is talking about. What is this verse saying? Here I am. Send me. Send me where? Send me to do what? So we're going to open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6 today. So if you have your Bible, we're going to open up. I'm going to pray and then we're going to 
dig into Isaiah chapter 6. Well, Lord, we just thank you so much for this morning, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to learn from your word this morning. We thank you for everything that you're going to teach us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the things that you're going to speak to us. We pray that our ears would be open and our eyes would see the things of you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right, you guys got Isaiah chapter 6. If you don't have it, it's going to be up on the screen so you can follow along there. Okay, here's what it says. It's a lot of verses. I'm going to read really quickly, and then we're going to go back and dig into it, okay? But I want you to see what's happening here, okay? It was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, this is Isaiah, It's all over! I'm doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord, of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips, and now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And this is the memory verse. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send? Who will? And Isaiah said? Okay, good. All right. He said, who, will, who should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And he said, yes, go and say this to the people. Listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people. Plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, not hear with their ears, not understand with their hearts, and turn to me for healing. Then I said, how, Lord, how long will this go on? And he replied, until their towns are empty, their houses are deserted, and the whole country is a wasteland. Until the Lord has sent everyone away, and the entire land of Israel lies deserted. If even a tenth, a remnant, survive, it will be invaded again and burned. But as a terebinth or oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump will be a holy seed. All right, that was a lot of verses. There's a lot of content there. We're going to get into it. Don't worry. So... This is God speaking to Isaiah through a vision, right? Isaiah has a vision. He's in the throne room with God. He sees the Lord. So let's unpack this and see the the three things that we can learn from this passage, right? So really quickly, so Isaiah has this vision. He sees God on the throne. God's robe fills the entire room. That is to represent God's glory. His glory fills the entire room. There's these seraphim that are singing Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, right? This would be an awesome thing to see, right? You're just like standing there like, oh my gosh, there's God and his whole glory is in the whole room and there's the angels and oh my goodness, this is amazing. So, our first thing that we can learn from Isaiah here is to recognize, repent, and be purified. 
So the first four verses of chapter 6 start off with Isaiah telling us about the vision he had. He explains what he saw, right? I just explained it for you. The first thing he points out is what's happening in the room. He paints a picture of the power and the glory present in the room. The second thing he points out in verse 5 is how unworthy he is to be in God's presence. He's like, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done? I can't be in God's glory. Are you kidding me? I'm a sinful man. He says, it's all over. I'm doomed. I am a sinful man. Now, I looked up this phrase in the original Hebrew, and this is a good thing for us to do because did you know that the Bible was translated? English is not the original version of the Bible. Did you know that? Okay, good. I just, I just want to make sure. Okay, so the Bible is a translation from the original Hebrew and the original Greek. So sometimes things can get lost in translation, right? Have you ever heard that phrase before? Yeah, right? You hear somebody speak in Spanish, you translate it, and then you're like, well, that is not what that meant. Right, right. So sometimes things can get lost in translation. So I went back to the original Hebrew. I'm not going to walk you through the whole process because it's a long process. But, um, oh, this is what I understood that phrase to say. Are you ready? This is how I would say, based on what the original Hebrew said, this is what I would say in today's words. Are you ready? Wow, God. So amazing. Look at his glory filling this room. Ah! I am unworthy. Destroy me, Jesus. I cannot see you like this. I have done sinful things in my life. Right? That's how, that's how I would... That's, okay, there we go. Okay. Another translation says, woe is me. And that woe is a lamentation that literally means... Ah! Okay, there we go. All right. Okay. So Isaiah's like, oh my goodness, God. All right, see, Isaiah sees God with his own eyes. And his response is the recognition of God's holiness and purity and how he pales in comparison to him. He knows that he is not worthy to even be in his presence, so much so that he believes that he should be put to death. And there's a reason for that. If you go back to Exodus 33, God tells Moses that no one can see his face and live. And Isaiah's standing there, and he sees God's face. And he goes, oh my goodness, I'm going to die. Isaiah would have known this, right? He studied the word, he knows, he knows the Torah, he knows Exodus, he knows Genesis. He's, he's terrified. But Isaiah wasn't destroyed. Instead, he was purified, he was made new, he was wiped clean. The burning coal was used to purify Isaiah's mouth. It was used as a symbol to burn away the things that had made him unclean. The sin that Isaiah had committed in his life that made him unworthy to be in God's presence was wiped away. Now, I've got, you guys like object lessons? Are you you visual people? Okay, so this is another thing we do with the kids upstairs. We do some object lessons so that what we're learning, not only we see it with our eyes, but it gets into our brains and it gets into our hearts. Okay, you ready? All right, so... Does what, what happened with Isaiah and having his lips purified, does that remind you of something else in the Bible? Go ahead and shout it out. It's the most common Bible, Bible uh, Sunday school answer. Does this remind you of anyone else in the Bible that maybe came and did something so that we could be purified? Jesus, there we go. Okay, good. Great. You guys passed Sunday school 101. 
All right. So when Jesus came to earth and he died on the cross and he rose to life again, he was purifying us. He took on all of our sin, right? So this whiteboard is you, okay? And um, let's see. Here's your sin. Kind of ugly. Okay. Here's all our messes. <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm going to add more. Don't worry. Here's all of our gunk. Ooh. Here's all the secret stuff that we hope that never, nobody ever finds out about us. Here's some more sin because we couldn't make it through the day without sinning more than once. Here's some more. Oh, and I got home and there was some more. Left for work and there was some more. I'm at school and everybody's making fun of that girl and I don't want to stand out so I'm going to make fun of her too. Does this look very pretty? No, it doesn't look very pretty. Is this what you want to look like? When people see you, do you want them to see all this? No. Bear with me here. I've only got two hands. All right. Jesus took all of our sin, all of this. He died in our place so that we can be in God's presence, so that we can have the presence of the Holy Spirit in us, Because the Holy Spirit doesn't want to live in this. Right? This is nasty. Right? So Jesus comes in. says, it's okay. I'll take that. says, it's okay. We're going to forget about that. You're made clean. You are new. You've been purified. Right? Yeah. That's awesome, isn't it? Now, before Jesus came and did that for us, God's people had whole books of the Bible filled with laws and commandments to follow in order to be holy, right? So God's people, they would sin. And instead of Jesus coming in and wiping it clean, they'd have to go, oh, you know what? I need to atone for my sin. I need to sacrifice something for my sin. But then they mess up again, and it comes back. When Jesus cleans you, it doesn't come back. Oh, man, I lost my spot. Okay. But no one could do it, right? They couldn't remain holy. They might atone for their sin. They might make a sacrifice for their sin and be holy for a second. But as soon as they walked out of the tabernacle, as soon as they walked out of the temple... Messed up again. That's the point, though. We were meant to fail. We needed to see our need for a Savior. Isaiah's vision showed him that following the rules to the best of his ability was still not good enough. That he could never be worthy of God on his own. And it was more than just recognizing the need to be saved. It was acknowledging and repenting for the sin that he committed, right? He goes, ah! Then he goes, I'm a sinful man. I have sinful lips. I don't say nice things. I mess up. Right? He recognizes that he has to repent for those things. That he has to say, well, he didn't have Jesus yet. But anyways, he has to say, I am not good enough on my own. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to make me new. 
So that's the first thing that we can learn from Isaiah, right? We must recognize our sin, repent for it, and be purified. The second thing that we can learn from Isaiah is in verse 8, and it's the one that you guys know so well now. But it's that, we're willingly, will, that we willingly respond to the command. Isaiah had just gone from being a sinful, unworthy man to being purified. He was made aware of where he failed and needed a Savior. So when God asked, who will I send? Who will go? Isaiah was ready to do anything for the Lord. His heart was willing and he was operating out of a place of wanting to please God instead of following rules to try and save himself. So if we're going to willingly respond to the command, what's the state of your heart? Are you prepared to willingly respond when God asks who will go? Isaiah is showing us that repentance, that act of repenting of saying, I'm, I'm not good enough, these are the things I've done, I need you to take this, Jesus, shifts our focus off of ourselves, right? Because before that we're saying, am I doing enough? Am I serving enough? Have I read my Bible every day? Have I prayed enough? Do I look like a good Christian? That repentance shifts our focus off of ourselves and instead focuses us on Jesus, what he did for us and what he did for everyone, what he did for your neighbor, what he did for your coworker, what he did for your brother. So when God says, who will go to Joe's neighbor? When God says, who will go to Emily's best friend? Our response should be what? Here I am. Send me. I'll do it. You have saved me. I want them to know that you've saved them too. The third thing that we can learn from Isaiah in this passage is to remain obedient even through disappointment. Now, several weeks ago, I don't remember exactly how many weeks ago it was, but Pastor Dan was talking about how in the Jewish culture, to listen to something, to hear a command, was to obey the command. So when you said, I'm going to listen, it was hearing the command and then doing the command. For instance, if your mom said, go clean your room, your only option is, I hear the command, I go clean my room. The other, there's no option of, I didn't hear you, it's fine. Right? You listen to what she's saying and you do the task. So when God says in verse 9, Right? He, Isaiah has just said, here I am, send me. And then God says, great, here's what I want you to say. He says, listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. So I went back to the original Hebrew again to find out what that means. So he is telling the people here, obey, but do not understand. See, but do not know. He goes on to tell Isaiah that he will harden their hearts, plug their ears, and cover their eyes. That's kind of a weird thing to say. What's happening here? Why would God tell Isaiah, okay, I want you to go. Great. You want to go? Here you go. Tell them they aren't going to listen to me. I do not want to be the bearer of that message. Thank you very much. Well, like I said earlier, before Jesus, the Jewish people had to try to live perfectly by following all the rules. They would read the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. They would listen to what's being said, and they would obey it because they knew what was being said. They knew in the context of where they lived that they were what they were supposed to do, and they would go out and do it. Sometimes they'd mess up. They'd go and do sacrifice, be made clean again, and then they'd mess up again. It was a whole cycle. But how can you obey an instruction you don't understand? You can't. 
God wanted the people of Israel to turn back to him, but they weren't willing to listen. So we're going to go, we're going to look at another place in the Bible where somebody is given an instruction that they don't want to hear. Are you ready? We're going to turn to Luke 8. It's not going to be up on the screen, so I'm just going to read it for you. So turn on your listening ears, right? Because we want to listen to what God is saying and receive it, right? Okay. So Luke 8, verse 5, it says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And then if we pop down to verse 11 here, it says, This is the meaning of the parable. This is Jesus telling this parable to um, some people. And the, the disciples that are with him are like, um, What the heck does that mean? What are you trying to say to me, Jesus? So this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And when the devil comes, he takes it away from their hearts. The devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocks are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They don't understand what what it says. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. All right. So here, Jesus is telling his disciples that when we speak God's word, not everyone is going to receive it. But what Jesus didn't say, and what God didn't say to Isaiah in Isaiah 6, was to just shrug it off. Eh, you don't have to speak because they won't respond. You, don't, you can just, they're not going to receive the word. They're not going to receive your help. Don't say anything. Actually, quite the opposite is said. Back to Isaiah, um, verse 11. Isaiah, so God tells him, I want you to go give this message. And Isaiah says, how long? How long do I have to tell them to follow you and they won't? How long do I have to sit there and say, follow Jesus, well, follow God, come back to him, respond to him, do what he's asking you to do, get your slate wiped clean, and they just... Right? That would be really discouraging if every time you go and tell somebody about Jesus, I don't want to hear that, that's not true. That would hurt after a while. Like, after a few times, you might be like, it's fine, it's fine. And then after years and years and years of hearing people say, I don't want anything to do with your Jesus, it would suck. It would not feel good. Then the rest of verse 11 through verse 13, God tells him just how long he will preach this message. It's a long time. Isaiah was asked to tell people to turn back to God even though he knew they wouldn't understand. The disciples were told to tell people the good news of Jesus even though some would not understand and some wouldn't even listen. 
In both of these scriptures, Isaiah and the disciples were told that there would be disappointment when they shared God's word. But God was asking them to be obedient anyway. He was asking them to be consistent. He was asking them to share the good news even when it would be rejected. Are you prepared to be rejected? Saying yes to Jesus means people will say no to you. Now, Isaiah's commission is an exciting story of Isaiah getting called by God and going to do miraculous things for him. Until you realize that it's much more than a story. It's your commission, too. God is calling you to tell people about Jesus, too. So I talked about three things we can learn from Isaiah. So where are you at with those three things? Are you at the place of recognition? You realize, I've messed up. I've done some bad things in my life. And I need Jesus to come and clean that out this morning. Are you seeing that you can't do it on your own anymore? You aren't worthy to be in God's presence without first being purified. This morning, choose Jesus. Repent of the things that you've done. Lay them at his feet and let him wipe you clean. Jesus loves you. And he wants to show you who you are. I'm going to invite the worship team up to go into a song. But I want to pray for you first. We're going to, we're going to talk through those three things. We're going to pray for each one. So this morning, if that's you, if you're saying, I recognize I've messed up. I've got some gunk on my whiteboard, right? I've got some stuff I don't want people to see. I've got some stuff I'd really like to forget. I need to tell Jesus what that is, and I need to be purified. I need to be wiped clean. So if everyone would bow your heads. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand, and I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, we thank you so much for the people in this room this morning that are hearing your word and they're letting it sink deep into their hearts, Lord. Lord, we lift up the people in this room who are saying enough is enough. I'm tired of being gross and disgusting. I'm tired of having that sin sit there. I want Jesus to wipe me clean this morning. I want to be made new. If that's you this morning, you know the things that are in your heart. You know the things that you've done. Jesus says it's gone. I forgive you. Let it go. Let's move forward. Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for these people who are choosing to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, our next one. The next thing that we can learn from Isaiah is, are we willing to respond to the command to go? Maybe this morning you need to respond and say, send me. Who will go to your neighbor? Who will go to your friend? Who will go to your family? This morning I want you to say, here I am. Send me. If that's you, put your hand up loud. I say, here I am. Send me. I will go for you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for each and every person in this room who has their hand up this morning who's saying, I want to go for you, Jesus. Use me, Jesus, to reach your people. Show me, Lord, who to talk to. Show me, Lord, who to reach. Who to say, Jesus died for you. 
He wants to wipe your slate clean. Lord, we pray that we would have listening ears to hear your voice and obey it, Lord. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now this last one. Remaining obedience even through disappointment. Maybe you've already repented. Maybe you're already following Jesus. And you've said, send me, Lord. But you've been saying, send me for a long time, and it's real disappointing. You've had a hard time remaining obedient after years of praying for that sibling or for that friend because it feels like they don't hear what you're saying. This morning, the Holy Spirit is saying to remain faithful. Be the consistent voice. I know it's hard, but don't give up. And you need a a renewing to say, here I am, send me. I've been disappointed. I've been heartbroken. People don't want to hear what I have to say. But this morning you say, Lord, I will do it anyways. I will speak your word even when people turn away from me. Even when they don't want to hear it. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray over you. Lord, we just pray over the disappointment over the heartbreak in this room, over the people that we have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for, and their ears are still closed, and their hearts don't want to listen. Lord, we pray that you would give us a renewing strength, that we would be able to say, Lord, we will do it anyways. We will keep telling them. We will keep inviting them. We will keep sharing your word. We will keep being the consistent voice in their hearts and in their lives, Lord. Give us the strength to go on, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you ready? Let's go do this, church. Right? We've been sent out. The book of Acts doesn't end with the book of Acts, and Isaiah's commission doesn't end with Isaiah. You are sent out. You get to go. From the young to the old, five-year-olds in the room, to the 25-year-olds in the room, to the 55-year-olds in the room, to the 105-year-olds in the room, you get to go out and tell people about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. So let's go tell the world the good news of Jesus, am I right? Let's do it. Okay. Well, we're going to go back into a song. We're going to praise Jesus this morning, and then we're going to end our service, and we're going to go out and tell people about Jesus. Are you ready? All right.